1: Hello Achievers and welcome to episode number 84 of the Next Level Authors podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Daniel Wilcox and here with me every week is... Sasha Black. Sup Sasha, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I... I'm... I'm... I am doing good. I'm in a transition. I'm in a... I'm in a... yeah. <laughs> I'm not using any words. I'm very tired. I haven't had any caffeine this morning and I've worked until 11 p.m. for like the last two or three nights. So I'm like extremely tired today. Um, yeah, I'm good. I also have a confession. <gasps> like, oh, yeah. So, you know how like I'm doing this anthology. Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote like 2000 words of a story that I couldn't push over the finishing line and i i i have gone and i've written like 200 words here i've written like another 300 words and it just wasn't gelling i just wasn't able to pull the story together and i think the reason is because i wanted the story to do too many things so it was Mm. basically an origin story for a trilogy uh called the vengeance sisters that i want to write and um But one of those vengeance sisters is Scarlet, who is one of the two main characters in the Murdering Magician series. So I was going to like have them uh, pull the cross. But the problem was because that is means that the story is important and I need to get it right so that like the world building, like I don't fuck up like I did with Keepers, like um that I don't mess up the world building or write myself into a corner. It basically means I need to do the thinking on it. And I wasn't giving myself the time or headspace to do that thinking because I'm trying to finish the Keeper series and wrap up all these other projects. So <clears throat> I just kind of came to the point where I was like, look, I I I'm gonna have to change the story because I cannot do this story justice. And I'm not gonna put a shitty story in because we all know I can't put minimum viable product in and then i remembered there was another character who had fucked another book up for me so i don't know if you remember me uh showing you some snippets of a character called caleb
1: i if it's the one i'm thinking about maybe yeah
0: the the sort of aging Z list crack yep. addict celebrity yep. Love yeah. Him. yeah yeah so I I had this character appear to me in the scent of death which is very much a young adult story and he is very much an adult character and I and it just wasn't <laughs> working but like I didn't want to get rid of him because he's such a fun character so this killed two birds with one stone I ripped him out a mm-hmm. scent and yesterday I shit you not I wrote from start to finish the entire short story I could not <laughs> believe it I also write it on my free write, but uh, <laughs> which was that experience your Oh yeah, no, no, I was amazing. I didn't know Yeah, oh my god. Um like where, that when you when you have the right story and you can just vomit that is going to be an amazing device. It is useless for anything else. Like, it is, its sole purpose is for you to vomit without thinking. Mm -hmm. And um, I had no plan. I didn't know how I was going to finish the story, but I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, and I got the whole thing done, and I fucking love the story. Um, And I have to say, that is the first short story I've ever written. I have never written a short story. I have only ever written novels or flash fiction.
1: I mean, that is huge.
0: It's huge. Yeah, I am so proud of myself. I'm proud of you. um, This is the purpose of the anthology for me, was to learn how to write a short story. So I really feel like I've now taken something from it and I'm really excited now to like, because I couldn't, like I was dragging my feet on doing the editing and like, because what was I going to do? Publish the anthology without a story for me? Like that Mm -hmm. wasn't going to happen. So yeah, like I'm just glad that like I did it, even though I sort of kicked and screamed and it's been really tough. I'm, I'm really pleased that I did the Ambology and that it's pushed me to learn something new and learn a new skill. And yeah, so I'm like, that was my confession. for the That's a big week. week.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. How about you? oh uh, So <laughs> my week has been um, so for people who didn't listen last week, basically my fingers are at the point in which I have quite bad RSI and it really hurts to type. <laughs> And so I've basically been limping towards a deadline that I have this book, which the deadline is Sunday, but because I've got the kiddo and everything else, essentially my deadline was, was yesterday. So I have basically really tried this week just to educate myself on dictation, get myself into a position where next week I can fully start learning and practicing and really trying to get into dictation because like, I mean, I could have dictated this week, but the problem is that. I'm still really, really fresh with it. And my fear is that I'm going to dictate a load of stuff, waste a bunch of time, and then I'm not going to hit a deadline for a client, which just isn't going to happen. So I've had to kind of soldier through. Um, I wrote zero words on Wednesday, but I wrote 9,000 words yesterday. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm paying the price for it a bit today. Um, so, I mean, by suggestion from our good friend, Caitlin, I have decided to vlog my journey into dictating. So I sat down yesterday and kind of spoke to the camera and explained everything I've done, because I've been, so it's been really, so far, I tend to, well, it's day, it will be day 11, an 11-day 11 journey. And you will not, like, believe how hard it is to just get straight, useful answers from people on dictation. So, like, I have, for example, with my phone, I've been out for a walk and I've experimented with the phone, I've experimented with these headphones for the mic and that, I've experimented with these headphones just to see what it sounds like. And it turned out that my phone, as I'm holding it, is a great dictation device. It picks up voice pretty well, but not if it's windy. And one thing I really do want to do if I'm going to be getting into dictation is um, walking more and being out and being more energetic.
0: So I have um, a question suggestion. Um, Is there such a thing as a clip-on sound shield? So in my audio booth, I use a sound shield, which is Mm -hmm. this kind of... Concave um, yeah. curve, um, and that that kind of stops. It helps you absorb all the sound and stop it reflecting. So if you could get a clip-on sound shield onto your phone.
1: Also, here's here's where I was getting to. So I ended up investing in a mic. But it's very it's very much like a call center mic, but it came on recommendation from a friend. And also, I read um Kevin J. Anderson's "How to Be a Dictator," and in that book, he has very functional useful advice on like specific model numbers like a dictaphone and headphones and all that kind of stuff and the point of this is that it's like it's a a one-way mic so anything coming this way you can't hear if I have it on my head like this for people watching on YouTube I've got the mic near my mouth it picks it up fine and the minute I do this you can't hear it if I'm talking so it's quite a powerful mic so number one I can use this when I'm driving to try and be more productive and number two I'm going to test it out when working but you can also get like um, what they call uh, mic muffs which are like the, the dead cat things that sit on it and they're, you know, they're called that for a reason. Um, but they also reduce wind. But just the actual journey of like, I've, I've put messages in forums, I've like looked on Facebook groups and anytime I'm like, I, I'd like specific information on a headset or whatever, the replies I get are, oh, you just drink more water and exercise and your fingers will be fine. Or, or so- another, wait, wait, wait. And another one I got was, uh, was someone just going, oh yeah, I use an app on my phone. And I'm like, no, no, but I've asked about specific equipment
0: what does that tell you it tells you that the market needs information so when you master this you need to write the book on it yeah
1: <laughs> with my voice <laughs> but yeah. one thing one thing that i've learned which is definitely a mindset shift um, in terms of how i'm viewing dictation is it's very much a first draft method so the next book that i'm writing i've committed to writing entirely with my voice the first draft so i can then go back and edit and do whatever it needs to um, And I've also, so this kind of goes into our level up for the quarter challenge. I've swapped one of my goals because this is far more pressing and relevant. Um, It's going to be the novel. And I'm also going to write a short story with my voice just to see how that goes. Um, But I am, yeah, I'm just determined to make it work, to make it happen. Because productivity wise, the results I've seen from people using dictation is phenomenal. Mm. But obviously there is a steep learning curve. Mm. So I'll be interested to see how it goes. But at this point, I don't really have a choice. (laughs) I either do this or I stop writing for a considerable amount of time.
0: Mm. I don't want
1: to do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm contracted. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So that's been my week. Um, and then other than that, I took up the keys to my house today, which is very exciting.
0: Super, super, super exciting. Big congratulations.
1: Thank you. I'm am, I am <clears> pretty <throat> stoked. Um, and then also tonight I am celebrating my boy's seventh birthday with my family. Even most birthdays next weekend, but this is when everyone can see him. So it's going to be a fun day
0: that is going to be a very fun day
1: beautiful what's something you've enjoyed this week
0: oh um oh uh so many things um hang on un momento because i've read like a lot of books this week (laughs) and uh, lots of them have been good um okay so i read a book called long way down which is i think maybe a carnegie winner i'm not entirely sure um and it is by a guy called Jason Reynolds, and it is written in verse and it's about a young boy of color whose brother is shot and killed and it the whole book is one lift journey uh, and each floor like different things happen and it was raw and emotional and lyrically beautiful and just it was stunning and it's a very quick read you know I read it in an hour uh, maybe slightly longer and I just if you like words you should read this book if you want to diversify your reading you should read this book if you want to support black authors you should read this book if you want a very real very raw story about what life is really like uh especially in America I would say um then I would read this book it was amazing and so I highly recommend it Long Way Down by Jason I feel like I need
1: one more reason to read it
0: um it's a it's a quick read as well there you go <laughs> um, okay so two others uh just because i literally smashed reading this week i listened to the audiobook of winning by tim s graver and he was like the coach and trainer to michael jordan kobe bryant people like that ah uh, i've come across if, him Yes, it was amazing, um, especially if you're competitive. <laughs> um, and then the other book is Romancing the Beat by Gwen Hayes. And I know that our friend uh, Jeff Adams uh, also talks about how good this book is. It was very good. I would also like to extend a special thank you to Jeff because he has kindly sent me um, a Scrivener template using the beats from uh, Gwen's book. So, yeah, I, I I mean, that, again, is a very short read, um, but it was like I literally sticky tabbed every single page in the book <laughs> so um <laughs> what's the point I know I didn't get to the end and was like I don't know if there was any point in this. Um, <laughs> I literally thought that but this is my um, favorite part, this is, yeah, my favorite part. Yeah. this is my favorite part <laughs> very <laughs> much no um, it's just because like the book is mostly the beat about the beat so what I did was I then went back through the book and I just took like one sentence explanations of each beat so that I've written up notes which I use my free right to do
1: <laughs> nice
0: <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what I enjoyed this week, I think.
1: Beautiful. um I'm going to go for Midnight Mass on Netflix. Mm. So, it's uh, for people that don't know, it came out a few weeks ago. It's a limited Netflix series. It's very, very horror y. Um, and it's got sort of wide critical acclaim in the horror community. And I don't know why I was hesitant to, to jump into it. I think just like sometimes you need to be in the right moods to watch a thing. Um, but I started watching it a couple of days ago, and literally every spare moment I've got at the minute, I'm kind of like snatching 20 minutes of viewing time just to go into it. And like there are some things with it that I'm not a fan of. Um, but on the whole, the way that it builds intrigue, the way that it introduces characters and um, sort of very, very early on, sows in a lot of very, very deliberate hooks to what is going to happen next. It's, it's a really, really good series. Like for the fans of horror or even fans who just want a bit of a, a spooky thrill. Like it's, I, I would recommend it so far. Um, I'm halfway through episode five and it's seven episodes. Um, but yeah, worth a shot. I think, <laughs> so this isn't one of my, my niggles because that's entirely something else that I'll go into. I don't know, probably not on this podcast. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, But one thing that I have found watching this is being a writer ruins watching story. Like there are so many things where in the beginning scene, like where it focuses on something or they say something, I'm literally like, well, this is going to come back round. This is going to happen and I've just proven right like every episode a things happening and I'm like "Ah, oh, that is quite a big twist but also like I guess that was gonna happen <laughs> so yeah. like it's it's a blessing and a curse I guess
0: it's funny that you say that um so I taught my first rebel readers Masterclass this mm. week and um uh it, we had a very in-depth discussion about whether or not this is gonna ruin reading and I was like it kind of does but like what it also does is show me that when I do escape into a book, it's a very good book. Mm. And so then like, then you want to go back and work out why it gripped you in the way that nothing else had, but also like, I actually don't mind. Like, even though it has, like, I can't enjoy story the way that I used to like as a pure reader, I don't mind because I enjoy story on a deeper level because now not only do I understand the what of the story, I understand the how and the why and I that gives me so much more like that depth like is like crack for me
1: <laughs> mm, yeah absolutely I just realised as you were talking I hadn't had a question for this week but also the question just literally popped up in my head uh-huh. <laughs> I was like ah oh, it's my episode oh yeah that's that's the big thing that we do here we have a question holy shit um, that's I, cool. I
0: wonder d- what was going on You, <laughs> it's very strange set of facial expressions <laughs> Like, yeah. what's wrong with him is he having like a hernia or something <laughs> 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 don't strain don't strain <laughs> you might shart yourself <laughs> not again so next
1: thing <laughs> so i'll uh level up quarterly challenge just a reminder of the things that we're going to do and also i will um i think i mentioned this earlier like i'm already forgetting things but so my things on my list to achieve by the end of December are to move house, which is very much in progress, to attend my coaching apprenticeship and action the tasks. That will begin next Wednesday. I've sorted out my Activity Authors 2022 calendar, very much still in progress. Action the first two months of content. I am on my way to that. Um, and then I'm swapping out the author survey that I was going to do into the dictation learning, because, again, that's much more pressing for me right now. So Sasha will
0: um sasha will read 30 books this quarter i've now read 13 uh I, I smashed out six books this this week it would have been seven but um i worked so late last night trying to finish that story that i just i i collapsed in bed nice. um so yeah i've read 13 uh so i'm almost halfway and, the, yeah
1: and what's your total
0: oh yeah oh. <laughs> so <laughs> i um i hit my goodreads goal <laughs> i'm so proud of myself <laughs> <laughs> Hit this year <laughs> 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 so it counts for like so many points yeah I had a I had a good reads goal to read reading 100 books this year and I read 100 books now um I was planning on stopping and slowing down and reading some really big books like the empire of the vampire and like name of the wind and I Ooh. still hope that I do that this year I'll um, read the name
1: of the wind with you I've got that
0: Okay, cool. But it may end up slipping into next year, which is always dangerous ground because then I get competitive again and want to beat my goal. And you're doing two days,
1: and I'll take three weeks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've also got a bunch of other books that I'm trying to read for research. So I don't know. I like might have to. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I will slip in at least one or two of the long books. I've got um, Priory of the Orange Tree is one of them. Uh, Name of the Wind is another the empire of the vampire and then the kingdom of uh, the city of brass trilogy. I've got two other very long books that I want to read in that Mm. series. So we'll see. We'll see anyway. uh, Because also now I have a fucking 30 books. I need to read this quarter. So like, if I don't, if I read loads of long books, that's going to like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So logo for the thing is done. Um, Create a plan for a series of masterclasses. Uh, I have not created a plan, but I have been doing uh, some thinking about that. Um, yeah I don't really know what plan is going to look like but um yeah and maybe I just need to formalize that a bit more and then I'll feel like I've done it um and then edit accepted anthology stories well I wrote my own story this week so I feel like even though that's not edited was it accepted yeah it was accepted (laughs) (laughs) although I do need to get some feedback on it I don't know who to ask for that but anyway um and then uh I have edited uh one and a half of the stories so I have start made a start on the other anthology stories beautiful
1: lovely um patreon we have a new patron this week so hello to sharon muha thank you for coming on board to the next level authors patron community um you you can get you can get access to our i checked this this morning we have over 13 hours of q a content on our uh on our patreon um and also our next live q a is on sunday the 14th of november so get involved, jump over, and we will see you there. And for everyone that anyone that wants to get involved in the NLA Patreon community, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Next Level Authors. Um, have you got any notices this week?
0: Um, so the Villains Masterclass happened, and I recorded it, and I've packaged, packaged it up, and it is now up for sale on my Thinkific uh, site, along with my census course. So if you would like to uh, get the replay, I have had incredible feedback from it so um yeah if you would like to learn how to create better villains create better unlikable characters um if you would like to understand the villain's journey then that is the course for you and i will make sure there's a link in the show notes There we go.
1: And uh, I'm going to plug the fact that I am speaking at Karen Ferreira's Children's Book Mastery, which is taking place on the 8th of November to the 13th of November. People can sign up at childrensbookmastery.com. I'll put a link in the um, show notes and you can get your free tickets in which you can access all of the content for 48 hours. And then if you want to get that forever, then you just upgrade your ticket. Um, But yeah, I'm speaking there alongside people like Karen Ferreira, Jeff Elkins, Dale L. Roberts, Derek Doker and so many more people. So check it out. And even I will add as well, even though it's um, children's book mastery, like there'll be some tangible advice, definitely for a lot of um, children's book writers. But I think in general, it sounds like there's also a lot more around mindset. I know that my section is definitely about um, that sort of transition from going from your old job into full time authoring and kind of like the mindset shifts and preparing yourself for that. So there's a lot of tangible advice, even if you're not looking at writing kids books. Uh, Level
0: ups. Level up is Ida Duque, uh, not writing related, but I taught a class, student life skills type class. I was equal parts excited and nervous. I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I did it. And next week it will be better. I love that. I love also that we're getting um, level ups that aren't necessarily writing related. I mean, that's totally okay too. So Mm -hmm. if you do have a level up that isn't writing related, you are more than welcome to pop that into the group.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Comments. Last week's question.
0: So last week's question was, how is levelling up going? Emily Han said, I love a musical episode. I don't remember why it was musical, though. Uh, within 24 I was singing hours, at the beginning
1: when you were getting your post. <laughs> uh,
0: within 24 hours, I had a complete meltdown over finding a novel that came out last year that's similar to mine and just now recovered and sent out queries to two agents. So it's going great. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, like... <laughs> every romance book ever is exactly the same. Just, you know, like love conquers all. That is the theme for all romance. Like, you know, anyway, so yeah, there are always going to be books that are like yours, but it's okay uh, because, you know, we all have our own individual voices and there are nuances in it. And, you know, essentially that is the point of genre as well, really, you know, is that readers want to go back and read the same story, but with different characters. Uh Okay. Meg Jolly's Said I would say very well, despite the effects of the pandemic. Personally, I am happier and healthier, uh, mentally and healthier mentally and physically, and more secure in all aspects than I have probably ever been in my life.
1: Meg is smashing it right now. She's doing some yeah. amazing things. So keep going, Meg.
0: Yeah. Uh, just other quick summary. She says in my author business, I'm more productive and profitable too. on on track for a fantastic year with significant growth. Well done Meg, I think that's amazing. John Cronshaw said, leveling up has gone well, but I'm finding it difficult to grow based on my current business model. I'm in the process of drawing up my plan for the next five years. I need to scale up my business and I'm looking for the best ways to do that. I'm inspired by companies like Games Workshop um, Mm. and I have created a fantasy universe that can work with Stone Age space opera settings and everything in between. Edwin Downward said, one heart piece at a time. The last few weeks have been have seen me getting into these never-ending content edits with a renewed gusto and pages marked up in all sorts of ways. I've also been looking at new ways to keep cutting those voices that are pulling me down rather than lifting me up. Oh, I, I feel bad that he's got voices that are pulling him
1: mm.
0: down. That's not nice. Keep going, um, Edwin. Yeah, we're here. We We got you. We will deliver... Uh, Baked goods. moderately moderately oh, okay. humorous <laughs> content every week to to keep you smiling and we will cheer for you from um from afar from across the Atlantic pond beautiful
1: okay question of the week are you ready for this because no. I've just made it up
0: <laughs> no. as ever we are delightfully delightfully prepared I had everything
1: ready and I'm literally like I've got all the things I need we're chatting at the beginning and then literally like oh yeah it's my week question um But as always, it's something that has kind of like circled into what we've spoken about is something that is very, very present on my mind and something that we spoke a touch about last week as well. My question to you, what have you normalised that you used to appreciate?
0: What have I normalised that I used to So let me
1: set this up a little bit because I feel like the context of where this is coming from in my head. I, this week sat down and every now and then I want to create a, what I've produced this year, art piece of art. So like I've done like three or four over my author career, in which I'm like, here are the books I've written this year. Here's the podcast I've started. Like just a summation of what I've done. And I put together from 2015 to 2021, the things that I've done and the number of books goes, you know, from like two in one year, none in the next year, four in the following year to when I go full-time in 2019. And just each year there's about, 15, 16 books that I'm writing for myself and on behalf of other people. Um, and I looked at it and I'm like, I write a lot and it's what I used to want to do. And it's now become so much of just what I do that I forget to step back and go like, holy shit, like I'm, I'm writing a lot. So, you know, I'm on track to write, I can't remember the number. I think it was like 16 or 17 novels this year. Um, and through dictation next year, I'm like, well, the, so the way that I've set up my ghost writing is that I'm going to be able to slow down next year. So I'm like, oh, it's good. Next year I'll only have to write eleven novels, and I'm like, but that's eleven fucking novels. So there's that, and then there's also um I was desperate when I was first starting to learn craft and everything to understand story to a point in which I can, you know, dissect it, write better story. And as we mentioned earlier, you get to a point where you can like you know story and you can see what's coming next and I think really like I don't appreciate that as much as I can mm-hmm. if that makes sense like it's it's a tool that is infinitely useful to, as a writer to to craft and know but we we forget how useful that can be and it becomes almost like an annoyance
0: yeah okay so I think a few things um and I think a lot of them are based on my strengths so I think we normalize things that we are good at Mm -hmm. um and then we don't realize that actually that is our superpower and um that other people don't do that naturally and so um it's actually hard to spot these things that we're good at I think because they are so like automatic yeah think about Um, it. yeah so the first one funnily enough is is deconstruction Mm. um I have normalized that because um I so it was interesting when I first came to to deconstruction I always thought it was my learner and my input doing that but I don't think it is I think it's my competition and this is why other people are like how do you do that um because uh, so at the masterclass. um I sort of highlighted all of the things that and we, we went through the stuff and kind of taught the lessons. But one of the things that one of the patrons said is, um, I want to learn how you do that. So I need to know why you pick or highlight the things that you highlight. And that really threw me because I just do it. And so I've normalized it. Right. And so now I'm having to think about why, like not only the thing that I highlight, well, well, what, how has the author created the trick or why is the author creating the trick that they're doing? But why am I highlighting it? Right. So it's, it's making me make conscious something that I do unconsciously um so that's a bit of a challenge for the next one um but yeah so definitely it's the competition because um I am deconstructing what somebody else has done extremely well in order to do do it better um and I think that And I hadn't realized that I think until she said that thing to me. And I was like, Oh, and I kind of stopped and thought about this whole thing that I do with this deconstruction. And now I understand why I go into such forensic levels of detail because it's the competitor in me going, right, well, how have they smashed this and how am I going to smash it even better? Um, and so, yeah, and obviously I think there is a bit of input and learner in there mixed thrown in for the mix. Um, but so definitely deconstruction um, I think is one of the things um, that I do and have normalized because uh, another one of the questions was do you do this for every book and uh, as something else and I was like yeah uh, and do you have to reread but no I don't I just do it on the first go now so I, but I didn't used to so I used to find it very difficult it, it used to slow deck slow me down and, and all of the rest of it but like anything it's a muscle Um, So that's the first one. The second one is motivation. I have Mm. metric fuck buckets of motivation. Like I wake up and I'm like, yeah, smash, like every single morning, that is literally how I wake up. Like mostly after coffee, but also that is how, like inside I'm doing that. On the outside, I'm more like, Like, until 11 11 o'clock. But um, I don't understand. And I don't mean that to sound... um, I don't mean this to sound bad, but I don't understand how how you don't have, mo- how one doesn't have motivation. Um, and, but that again comes from my strengths, right? Because competition is a burner. It burns all the time and is completely driven constantly along with, with a few of my other strengths. I only exist motivated. And if I'm not motivated, it's a fucking problem. Like, and there's something very, very, very wrong with me. Um, but even, and this is, this is even when I was at the height of my lowest point uh in my corporate world if anything that was the peak of my motivation so even when I was like clinically depressed I I I I almost burnt harder with motivation to do something about it um so I don't really know how to exist without motivation but equally I I completely appreciate that lots of people don't have that level of motivation don't know how to how to foster it and create it and so I think I've normalized that everybody is like me in that respect and everybody is not like me um, in any way shape or form <laughs> so that's another one is motivation um, I think I have normalized very high expectations um, I think I'll leave that one there <laughs> Well, I mean, you said it
1: earlier, like, MVP just isn't a thing that you can do.
0: No, no, it isn't. I can't do MVP. I just cannot. Um, And I've normalised that. And I I would love to be able to do MVP, but I'm just not capable of doing that. Um, What else? I have normalised reading a lot, I think, over the last year. Um, But that, like, I put on my celebration post, this is not, this has taken since 2016 i think i started reading again in 2015 or 2016 and i read like five books the first year and then I read like 30 books and then i read 52 and then i read 60 and then 62 and then 65 and so it's taken me years to build up this muscle again like a lot of the comments were oh i could i could never do that and i'm like yeah but i couldn't do that either um I, and this, so, is, on, this is the same thing about your writing and how fast you write like go on
1: no i i definitely had that with reading recently where because of and I will like I hate generically being like social media but because of the way that like social media is I do find that I'll start reading and then literally within a couple of minutes my attention just goes bam and just flickers to something else and then I pick up my phone and then before I know I'm like oh back to the book and training yourself to go into long periods of concentration it is like you said it's a muscle and it's a difficult one to develop so like you've done well
0: <laughs> yeah it, it. It, it, it is a difficult muscle um <clears throat> and it's also giving yourself the time and space to do the reading mm-hmm. because you know we, we so like essentially I gave up tv to do this like it's not like I have more time than everybody else I just quit watching tv and I think a lot of us watch tv and that's fine because that's story too you know and we can take stuff from that and however we get our energy pennies is absolutely fine um I feel like there's a couple of other things and I'm not quite sure what they are um i feel like if i had more time to to think about the answer to this question i might come up with some some extra things i don't think necessarily the things that i've come up with are very good well shall um, i go
1: and then maybe if yeah. you've got some time to think while i yeah
0: um,
1: so like i say that the big um impetus for this question came from the fact that you know i've had to switch to dictation i've been reviewing how much i write and all this kind of stuff and I have just severely normalised, you know, last, well, since the beginning of 2020, I've written and contributed to like 36 books. And when I first started writing out, I wrote a 16,000 word novella and it took me like five months. Um, and then the following year was me and Luke working on our books that we were working on. And we didn't put anything out in 2016 because it took us the entire year to, to work it, to get it to a point in which we were happy with it. And yeah, you know, obviously you have to consider the fact that, was writing around the day job you know it was the first time I'd written like a full-length novel um but I am I am now at the point in which I can comfortably sit down you give me like the seed of an idea and I will write a book from it just start to finish panting most of the way if I wanted to and that's not to say it's the best work that I can write and it's like one thing that I'm looking forward to in the future is taking that time to slow down get more into planning um and just allowing myself more of that sort of um, percolation time to to try and write stronger stories especially as I move away from ghostwriting and more into my own stuff um so that's that's one of them sort of hitting the big word counts because it's 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 not hard for me anymore at this point it's just a thing that I do and then you know you sit in groups or you see people online and you see sort of like the word counts over a certain amount of time and it's lower but for them it's like a great achievement and I, I, I never anyway knock it because you can't compare yourself to other people and where they are like this is a muscle that I have built over the past five Mm -hmm. years writing fast just practicing just getting to that point where I can just switch off the inner critic and just write especially that sort of um, dirty first draft so writing is one of them um another one is design the the fact that I can make you know a fairly competent design for different purposes whether that's like t-shirts or posters or logos or whatever um that's another thing that I I really do take for granted because like I'm very, very proud of my websites that I've been building. So Activated Authors, I've done all the work building for that. Daniel Wilcox, all the web building for that. And again, I forget that that's the accumulation of just being shit at Photoshop and practicing and trying and learning new things and putting that out. And then in my old job, I got very, very close with some of the people within the, um, the web building team. So I learned like elements of coding and what looks good design and different resources you can use. And it's it's this stacking of blocks that over time just gets to a point in which you're like, oh, this is just a thing that I do. But it's not like, it, it's not where you start. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing I really try and enforce with most of the authors that I come across or people that I talk to is like, I, I, I used to be the person that would look at other authors who are sort of in the situation where we are now and they'd be up on this pedestal. It would be like, how the hell do you get there? And the fact is there is a path and you take it and you work hard and you learn and you grow. Um, But yeah, over time, it does get very, very easy to forget that journey. So I will spend a lot of time and I say a lot of time, it does happen every sort of week or so where I'll go back to that. I'll scroll through my Instagram feed and I'll look at like the first posts I put out and how shit they were. And then I'll go back to like old podcast episodes and I'll listen to where I was like six months, a year, five years ago. It's one of the things I, freaking love about podcasting it's just live documentation on yourself um what's another thing so mindset that's built up over the years like I six seven years ago was in a very very different place to where I am now Mm. and the fact that I have the willpower and the foresight now to know that moving you know two hours away from my son for like a year while still making that effort every weekend to see him and knowing that that's going to add up is going to lead to like a much stronger, longer life with him and a better connection. Like I wouldn't have been able to do that a few years back because I would I'd just be stuck in the same place, just miserable, just renting. And just like, it would have been a whole different kettle of fish. Um, the fact that like this, we come up to year three of full-time author stuff, like, and we've made it and you know it's hard still and we're working at it that's that's a thing um just so many different levels of my mentality the fact that I've had to switch dictation because of injury and before that might have put me in a position in which I'd be miserable for like a few weeks while I'm learning but like I'm just getting on with it because what alternative is there it's like either I'm miserable and I sulk or I just get on and do it because this is the situation I'm in um so mindsets, one go on
0: that made me think of experimentation Mm. I think I have normalized experimentation and I forget that actually a lot of people are quite resistant to new things and to change um but now I embrace it because change and new things and experimentation can lead to big jumps in income
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and some things fail and then yeah, you they learn do, from them. yeah,
0: they really fucking do some yeah. things do fail.
1: yeah, I've had things that I've put out mm. there've like flopped massively, but I've taken lessons, and then when I've tried it again, they've done what they needed to. but again it's uh, i I share them it won't still be on there because it's Instagram it only lasts 24 hours, but I shared a video yesterday that was a I can't remember the, guy, the guy's name is Peter someone I think um but he gives a, a talk about yeah like only basically about how when you start something new, you're always going to be a fool. And lots of people are scared of failing or they want perfectionism and they're scared to be the fool. But the bigger fool is the person that doesn't try the new thing Mm -hmm. because of the learning opportunities and what that adds to everything else. Um, So mindset, um, discipline, again, comes into mindset, but like I'm very determined to just get on and do the things now. And before I used to be very distracted, I wasn't sure which direction I was heading in. And like, I was trying lots of different things that weren't necessarily linked to bigger goals and now i'm much more disciplined and focused in just getting to the keyboard and doing the things i need to do um and the last one um is a recurring message but it's just it's just community like activated authors is doing really, really really well considering it's only officially been launched for a month and it feels easy for me and i think that kind of like sums it up because as you say when something feels easy it's because we've normalized that as just a thing that should be easy as opposed to something that we've worked at. We have like certain skills that lend to that. Like we're good at doing that kind of thing. Um, So community building. But I think just to round off my bit in, in general, as I said earlier, I have normalized quite an extreme word output, which would have made sort of 2017 Dan like incredibly proud. And for me now, it has resulted in injury and I'm having to peel back. And because I'm doing less, it feels like I'm failing. But the reality is I'm not.
0: No, you're not.
1: And that's kind of where I'm really like trying to fight for my mindset to be because Mm. I'll be writing more quality stuff. I'll be able to put my attention to other things as well. And it's
0: So I had a coaching session last night and I don't know. We share quite a few strengths, so I'm hoping given that some of the things that you've said before, this will help you as well. Positivity! (laughs) No. Fuck your positivity. Um, (laughs) I'm going to keep that
1: positive. You said that out of love.
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, um,
1: (laughs) Do we caramel, Um, Sasha? uh,
0: um, So... (sighs) i will get to my point eventually um the point that i'm trying to make is uh so basically i i mentioned at the start of this that i'm at a t-junction and i have a couple of genres that i'm looking at for next year um one of them is the young adult stuff the young adult lgbt stuff and another one is a different genre and this other genre Um, is very competitive and would result in faster writing and simpler plots Um, and uh, because you have to deliver what the reader wants not necessarily beautiful prose or, or thematic stories or whatever which the young adult stuff would do and I had a conversation with the coach because my significance and competition are butting against each other Because my significance wants to go and write the young adult LGBT stuff to to make an impact, to create books that I needed when I was a teen to write thematically beautiful stories. Um, And my competition wants to go and dominate another genre and create a fuckload of income. And... um, But my significance is like, yeah, but like then you won't be writing these beautiful thematic stories that are going to have a massive impact. And but then what what my coach was saying is that um, you will be delivering what the reader wants. And so you have to shift the why um and like the goal if you can narrow in on what the goal is so you use your focus to narrow in on the goal which is to make money to go beat somebody and to win at that genre then um you you give yourself a different why, which enables you to be okay with the change in like quality or whatever, you know, because you you have certain metrics which would be attached to that competitive genre. So you win by delivering on those metrics, and those metrics are very different to the metrics for the LGBT young adult stuff. Mm. And so for those, I, you know, because those would be slower written, but they'd probably be, you know, better prose. They'd be, you. But that's because those are the metrics for that genre, right? So if you if you can understand the why why you're doing them, well, I, I do the young adult stuff to have an impact why am I doing the other genre because I want to earn a load of money and win at that genre. Um, So yeah, like she was, she was basically saying, make sure you know your why for each one. And then, make sure you're very clear at what your metrics are. This is for me, obviously to win, like what are your metrics to win? How are you measuring this? Mm. Um, So you would have to put that into your own like strengths. I don't quite know like how you would, but I think the why and understanding the different metrics for your achiever, like what is it that you're doing and therefore ticking off, Mm -hmm. like to say that you've achieved that, it's not the same as what you were doing before. But yeah, if you can narrow in on that, that might help the mindset.
1: Yeah, for sure. It always comes down to what's the bigger what's the bigger goal with it all. And I mean, it's because I ghostwrite that I write so much, because if I was simply ghostwriting, like it wouldn't be significantly less, but it would be less. Um, But the juggling act is ghostwriting and also finding the time to write my own stuff. So ghostwriting in itself or in, in how I've been approaching it has really been like its own business in itself. The amount of time and effort I've had to put into it then you couple onto that sort of the community building I've done and also the fiction stuff that I'm doing and everything else like that's why I've been burning so hard the last couple of years it's just if you don't burn hard you can't get off the treadmill and so I am seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and I am getting close to jumping off the treadmill but yeah it is going to feel bizarre stepping off that because my my um determination my drive i know that you know once i stop ghostwriting, i'm going to be looking at the numbers and mean like now the amount of books you have been writing do that for yourself but i can't right now with my fingers
0: <laughs> but so, also you won't be able to do that
1: no because i want to give it more thought and more time exactly
0: so you need to really watch your language and what you're saying around that because yeah. otherwise you're going to create expectations that you can't meet mm-hmm. um so yeah like maybe maybe set an expectation of how many books you want to write when you don't go write anymore
1: yeah I probably bring it down to about 20 a year (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) um
0: yeah Yeah. how do you measure the amount that you've written in a year or or are you by what gets published in that year on your graphic
1: so on the graphic it's the ones that were published
0: published yeah Um, because I was thinking that I might do one of those to see what see what my journey has been like
1: yeah because it's slightly different like when I say that I've written 36 books since beginning of 2020 that's not the amount that has been published so it's slightly different in terms of numbers and things but yeah I will be um towards the end of the year once everything's completed I will be sharing the graphic because I want to do like a a lessons learned and sort of something around this to to show people um because it includes like podcasts and short stories and everything else on there and one thing I really want people to take away is that like how few books there were to begin with and what that growth looks like if you you know put in the time learn and just go for it because as we keep saying this is the path of indie Mm. Mm. so yeah
0: yeah I'm oh I'm not gonna mention numbers but um the rebel author podcast is gonna hit a very large download milestone before the end of the year
1: oh that's exciting
0: yeah (laughs) I think you probably know what it is I think I I know what it is yeah I'm very I didn't even because I haven't been checking because I don't go in there anymore because Becca does it Mm. and I went in the other day and was like what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> what? Oh my god. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that as well.
1: well did Joe Penn just hit 60 million or something?
0: Six million. I Six million. Or, I think, yeah, because yeah, I, I remember nuts, hearing yeah. her, her say five million before. It's yeah. nuts. That is That's Crazy insane. numbers.
1: Congrats, yeah. Joe, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> cool. We'll wrap it up there. Um so our question to you guys is what have you normalized that you used to appreciate? Um, get involved in this quarter's Level Up Challenge. If you are, <laughs> if you fail your challenge, you'll have to eat some crackers and then whistle a Christmas jig. Um, and, yeah, we will see you guys next week.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Hungry for more?
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts.
1: For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast.
0: For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author Podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next
1: Level Authors. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go on holiday in Spain when you were a kid? Yes. Did you ever do like the kids' discos? And have like, Veo, veo, que eres una cosita cosita It was a song all about houses for some reason.
0: Wow! No, I didn't, and uh, I really feel like I've had that experience now.
1: It was often that followed by the Superman. I kind of spray Superman. Did you live as a child? <laughs> I think we had very. I mean, different I fathers.
0: Feel like I lived maybe slightly better than you. <laughs> wow. <laughs>